Exodus chapter 27. You are to construct. Exodus chapter 27. You are to construct the altar of acacia wood. The altar must be square, seven and a half feet long and seven and a half feet wide. It must be four and a half feet high. Make horns for it on its four corners. The horns are to be one piece. Overlay it with bronze. Make its pots for removing ashes and its shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans. Make all its utensils of bronze. Construct a grate for it of bronze mesh and make four bronze rings on the mesh at its four corners. See it below under the altar's ledge so that the mesh comes halfway up the altar. Then make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles are to be inserted into the rings so that the poles are on two sides of the altar when it is carried. Construct the altar with boards so that it is hollow. They are to make it just as it was shown to you on the mountain. You are to make the courtyard for the tabernacle. Make the hangings on the south of the courtyard out of filey finely spun linen 150 feet on that side there are to be 20 posts and 20 bronze bases the books and bands of the posts must be silver then make the hangings on the north side 150 feet long there are to be 20 posts and 20 bronze bases the hooks and bands of the posts must be silver make the hangings of the courtyard on the west side 75 feet long including their 10 posts and 10 bases Make the hangings of the courtyard on the east side toward the sunrise 75 feet. Make the hangings on the side of the gate 21 and a half feet, 22 and a half feet, including their three posts and their three bases. And make the hangings on the other side 22 and a half feet, including their three posts and their three bases. The gate of the courtyard is to have a 30 foot screen embroidered with blue 
purple and scarlet yarn and finely spun linen. It is to have four posts, including their four bases. All the posts around the courtyard are to be banded with silver and have silver hooks and bronze bases. The length of the courtyard is to be 150 feet. The width 75 feet at each end and the height seven and a half feet all of it made of finely spun linen the bases of the posts must be bronze all the tools of the tabernacle for every use and all its tent pegs as well as all the tent pegs of the courtyard are to be made of bronze you are to command the Israelites to bring you pure oil from crushed olives for the light in order to keep the lamp burning continually in the tent of meeting outside the veil that is in front of the testimony. Aaron and his sons are to tend the lamp from evening Aaron and his sons are to tend the lamp from evening until morning before the Lord. This is to be a permanent statute for the Israelites throughout their generations. John chapter 6. The Gospel according to John chapter 6. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee for Tiberias, and a huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. So Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. Therefore, when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, Where will we buy bread so these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy. There's a boy here who has... 
five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Then Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. So they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. And after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this really is the prophet who was to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus knew that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus. They saw Jesus. They saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. It is I. Don't be afraid. But they were willing to take him on board. And at once the boat was at the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea knew there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, 
they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I assure you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the works of God? They asked. Jesus replied, This is the work of God that you believe in the one he has sent. Jesus replied, This is the work of God that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign? What sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe you? They asked, what are you going to perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life and gives life to the world. Then they said, Sir, Give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe me. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the third, on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him 
may have eternal life and I will raise him up. And I will raise him up on the last day. Therefore, the Jews started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has sent the Father. I assure you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they said, This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up. And I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him. Just as the living Father has sent me, 
and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate, for they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who could accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you, our spirit and our life. (coughs) But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who would not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From this moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. Therefore, Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is the devil. He was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days, a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust 
in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father, the son he delights in. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding. For she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her hand. In her left, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant. And all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. And those who hold on to her are happy. The Lord founded the earth by wisdom and established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge, the watery depths broke open, and the clouds dripped with dew. Maintain your competence and discretion, my son. Don't lose sight of them. They will be life for you, and adornment for your neck. Then you will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from a snare. When it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one it belongs to. Don't say to your neighbor, go away. Come back later. I'll give it tomorrow. When it is there with you, 
don't plan any harm against your neighbor, for he trusts you and lives near you. Don't accuse anyone without cause when he has done you no harm. Don't envy a violent man or choose any of his ways, for the devious are detestable to the Lord. But he is a friend to the upright. The Lord's curse is on the household of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks those who mock, but gives grace to the humble. The wise will inherit honor, but he holds up fools to dishonor. Galatians chapter 2. Then after 14 years, Galatians chapter 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preached among the Gentiles but privately to those recognized as leaders so that I might not be running or half run the race in vain. But not even Titus, who was with me, though he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. This issue arose because of false brothers smuggled in who came in secretly to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not give up and submit to these people for even an hour so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. Now from those recognized as important, what they really were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised, since the one at work in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles. When James, Cephas, and John re- recognized as pillars acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, They gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles 
and they to the circumcised. They asked only that we would remember the poor, which I made every effort to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, If you, who are a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that no one is justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And we and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because the works of the law no human being will be justified. But if we ourselves are also found to be sinners while seeking to be justified by Christ, is Christ then a promoter of sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild the system I tore down, I show myself to be a lawbreaker. For though the law I have, for through the law I have died to the law, so that I might live for God, I have been crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. 